Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. If you believe the Lord is good, give me a loud amen. Amen. Our Father, we thank you because you've heard us. We thank you for understanding. Thank you for insight into your ways that you are feeding us with each and every moment. And especially when we gather like this, we give you all the praise, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. As we go into your word, we receive that insight again this evening. And therefore, we declare as follows. Are we ready? I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. Understanding is your portion again today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can you turn around and bless three people around you? Bless them say understanding has come to you. Bless somebody else. Understanding has come to you. Insight is your portion. In the name of Jesus. All right, let's take our seats. The Lord is good. Let's start today by looking at uh, the book of Numbers, chapter 6. We have been speaking about the principles of exalting the Lord. That is our principle. How we must exalt the Lord in our lives in everything that we do, especially when we speak. David said, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. He said, magnify the Lord with me, let us exalt his name together. And we have explained to us that it's a responsibility that we have in life And one of the things we must bear in mind is that other things try to behave as if they are God. That we have a duty to always magnify God. Let me quickly read this. Then uh, there's something I want to, I was talking about. Since we have already opened this, let's read it and then we pick it up from, I will continue to the other one. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and to his sons saying, Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. He says, So they shall invoke my name on the sons of Israel. And I then will bless them. Now please notice what he said. If you want to bring a blessing into the lives of the people of Israel, the sons of Israel, how you will do it is to invoke my name on them. How do you invoke the name of the Lord? It's not really, now I want to bear something in mind. It's not really a prayer like, may the Lord bless you. It was not saying, may the Lord make his face shine on you. It's a bit deeper than a prayer. He said, when you do this, you are invoking my name on the sons of Israel. What was he trying to say? Place my name, you understand, over them. 
How do you do it? Essentially what he was saying is this. You will be kept. It will be from the Lord. I hope you're getting my point. You will be blessed. It will be from the Lord. You know, you will find favor, all right, upon your life. It will be because God is shining his face upon you. You will find, he said, you will find peace. It will be because God has lifted up his countenance upon you. It was not so much a prayer as a declaration of the life or concerning the lives of the people. It was giving God the credit for everything that will come into their lives. What God was saying is that if they carry my name about, I will be able to bless them. I hope you're getting my point here. If they see me as a source of everything, I will be able to bless them. Now, please just bear that in mind. I, also, I wanted to read that and get it, uh, get it um, over with. So let's go to the other one. Isaiah chapter 50, uh, 45. Why do we have to magnify God? And we are doing, taking a lot of time discussing this because it has to become ingrained inside us. It has to become part of us. We must ensure that we overcome what this life is doing. Like what people in this life they are doing. Today I was, you know, the, the world they are always trying to research, for example, why people live long. And most of the things they have found out is concerning diet. And you know, today I read an article, yesterday a new um, report from a research published in one of the leading medical journals in the world that showed the effect of supplements, you know, uh, food supplements, you know, vitamin supplements and all of that. And they found out that most of them are totally useless and a few of them are seriously harmful. <laughs> I won't give you details now. They, are all, they are identified only two that seemed, the word is what? Seemed to have some advantage. The rest clearly are useless and a few are harmful. And of course, trust me now, anytime I get there, I start laughing. <laughs> I start laughing. And so, of course, billions of dollars of industries built around the supplement business. And this research, you know, what they call a meta-analysis. That is, they gathered all kinds of um, publications or studies done over previous years, put them together, and looked again at the results. And they said, no, food supplements don't help people, do not prevent, um, uh, what do you call it, diseases except for situations in which the person has been tested and found to be specifically deficient in certain nutrients, then you give him the nutrients as a kind of a replacement. But generally, just we just buy something and swallow because they want to live long. They said it has been shown to be a total waste of money, a total waste of time. I just read it and I laughed. I said, listen, if you live long enough, you will discover the word of God. I hope you follow what I want to say here. So people, now why did I refer to that? Every time you see people struggling to find the source of long life. They are struggling to find the source of health. You understand? And what they do is anytime they find something that appears helpful, they magnify it. Why do people live long in this area and don't live long in that area? They start researching into the food. They start researching into the person's physical habits. One woman died last year. Was it last year? Yeah, it was last year. She was the oldest woman in the world. I think she was either 107, 117. Can't remember her age for sure now. But she was the oldest woman in the world. And then I remember one man tweeted about it and said that two things she hated. She hated vegetables and fruits. She didn't like vegetables, didn't like fruits. And two things she loved, pasta and meat. The very two things they said would kill everybody. The woman ate these two things all her life 
and lived to be the oldest woman on the earth. She was 117 years old when she died. I read it and laughed. Why do I keep laughing? <laughs> Listen. He said, Bell, he said Bell, is it a neighbor bows down and Bell stoops over. He said, only in the Lord are what? Righteousness and strength. One thing you always find out eventually, if you live long enough, you will know there is a power beyond all these things that people are saying. Now, why did I say all of this? You see that science, medical science, the world generally, they try to magnify all kinds of things for us every day as a source of blessings, as a source of long life. Are you getting my point? Prosperity as an example. People have written all kinds of books about how to prosper in life, most of which were written so they could prosper. I don't know whether you are getting my point. The man who wrote the book is trying to prosper. Very few of them really know what they are saying. Because the Bible has said that he himself does not know how. And now listen to what I'm trying to say. People now abandon the word of God and go after those things. And listen, this is the reason. They are pumped every day in your faces. Sometimes when I see Christians talk to me about diet, I get angry. When I see even doctors talk to me about that, I say, why do you people keep confusing yourselves about things that you've not even bothered to study enough? I've fought to quarrel with some of my colleagues before. Once I told one of my, my friends, he's a, he's a pharmacist, I said, look, let's do a study that I need funding for it. You have a pharmaceutical company. Can you guys fund this study? I wanted to prove certain issues that this thing, you want to study it. You know what he said to me? He said, thank you for what you are telling me. If things are the way you are saying, I won't sell my drugs. Why should I fund a, a, a study that will reduce my sales? What you are saying is to come and reduce my ability to sell medicine. I say, okay, I understand. Now, when the Bible talks about 666, Antichrist, that's the meaning. That truth has to bow down when money is being considered. Truth has to take second position. Money is number one. That's the meaning of taking the mark of the beast. Nobody is coming to your house to tattoo your the, the, anything on your head. They are not coming to implant any chip in your right hand or your forehead. Nobody has that time. These are spiritual things. It's the love of money, the love of man, the love of self. That's what I'm talking about. Now, this is what I'm going to explain. Every day these things are pushed in your faces. You buy newspapers, they report them. Of course, do I need to tell you about radio jingles every day? That they came with one of the most stupid ones I've seen in recent times, alkaline water. I never, I didn't know how adults could believe such a joke. And then they sell it everywhere. You see billboards everywhere, alkaline water. I say, how stupid can human beings be? They even sell cups that will alkalize your water for you. Ordinary cup. Just pour any rubbish water inside, it will turn into alkaline water. And you will drink it and live long. Ha! Huh. You know what amazes me? is how incredibly silly human beings can be. And they'll be following it. And you know one of the reasons why they follow them? Listen to the Christians, so you have become, become very careful. One of the reasons why they follow is that they say, just in case. They're not sure. Just in case. What if it's working? Let me tell you something you did not know before today. The probability of it working is just as good as the probability of it being harmful. Do you hear what I said? The probability of it being beneficial is not better than the probability, the probability of the thing being harmful. So just least relax your life. A friend of mine called me yesterday morning. He lives in the U.S. was going to work. He just said, let him just be banking. So he called and we started talking. He's a physician. was going to work. And we're discussing different things. 
I said, listen, I said, what obsessed me about my African brethren is that they will take American information and want to use it to live their lives. They will say, don't eat sugar. You see all these hungry people that only see three cubes of sugar a day to so gary, saying that I, I, don't, I don't eat sugar. I will be looking at it like this. Who gave you sugar in the first place? You see people that have hardly eaten egg. They say, I don't eat egg. Why? It contains cholesterol. I'll be looking at them. I'll just be looking at people and say, what is going on here? Those one were in school. Ken Hagen told us that the Lord told him to live a fasted life. What's a fasted life? Don't eat everything that's given to you. Don't eat everything you want to eat. So, you now see some... <laughs> Somewhere like Shay, like this. Can you see how Kwalenge the guy is? He said he's living a fasted life. So my brother will not eat. The little makopi that we were sharing before. You know what's called makopi? Okay. The little bread we used to share. They will not participate in it. Small beans. Where guys, they take men. You know, keep body and soul together. They will not participate. Why? They are living a fasted life. They've never been to America. When you get to America, see that your plate, that typical big China plate you use, is half the size of a standard American plate. When Americans serve you food, the thing is full. <laughs> Even if you were the Lord, you will have to tell your servants in that country, live a fasted life, because <laughs> otherwise you will die from overeating. Nigerians tell you, don't eat sugar, don't eat sugar. It makes me laugh. I said, you've never seen sugar. Every time you want to buy Coke, you want to buy Fanta, you have to pay for it. Americans don't live like that. If you go for a buffet, you know, you go, maybe you see advertising, you go to a restaurant to eat. They don't serve you soft drinks. It's part of what you have paid. They only charge you extra if you need an alcoholic drink. They don't charge, of course, you know, in our country, once you pay for a buffet, you have to pay them another money for water. Another money for any drink you want. Those guys, no. You pay. The drinks, you no know, Coke, Pepsi, Dr. Pepper, all of them, they are in dispensers. An average Nigerian doesn't know that. That is why they worry about sugar. Not people that, in a whole week, <laughs> no matter how rich you are, that, you, you, you know, how people don't get it. It pains me. America says not eating egg, and you want to join him. Have you ever seen egg? Oh God, look, let me get sit on my message. Or people who are confused, you don't come and confuse me this evening. Now, what am I talking about? They push this in our face every day. So we take the glory of God and give it to our food. What is the source of life is how you eat. What we have done is to take the glory of God and give it to food. And this is what I want to start with today. Anytime you do that, you reduce the release of his power into your life. That is what I want to emphasize. Anytime you do that, you, rele- you reduce the release of his power into your life. Long life does not come from your plate. It comes from heaven. Man shall not live by bread alone. What does that mean? It doesn't mean, this is a misinterpretation. That when you have bread, you must have the word. That's not what God was telling them. He said, I want you to understand 
that anything people get from bread, people of God can get from the word. That's what he was saying. So that is, you can have no money, and I will make sure your clothes don't wear out. I don't know whether you are getting my point here. Man does not live by bread alone. It means if you have only one lo- a few loaves of bread and a few fish, you can feed 5,000. That is the product of life. does not come from the material things that you see. They are spiritually determined. And we believers have a responsibility to elevate, that's what we're talking about, the role of the word and of God in our lives so that his power can be fully manifested. The more we focus on this physical world, the less of the spiritual world you know, affects us. The less of the power of the spirit we walk in. That's what we are saying. Like I was talking about diet, many things pretend to be God. Let me say it again. This, the, the, the mystery of iniquity remains the same, generation after generation, but the manifestation of it will differ. Do you get my point? Let me explain. Let me explain like this. So you find in this generation, you hardly find adults who go to a shrine and bow to an image. You hardly find. They hardly depart from worshiping the true God, the people of God, and then go and bow down physically to an idol. No matter what they want, they hardly do that. In Israel, on the other hand, it was different. They had a physical temple. They had altars. They had sacrifices. And when they wanted to depart from God, they physically departed from him. They went to another temple. They went to another altar. They took their sacrifices and offered to another God they could see physically. One of the reasons being that their own God also, there was a physical method they worshipped him. I hope you get my point. They brought animal sacrifices. Now, the same mystery of iniquity is still here. Except that idolatry does not come now often. Not, not like it's not there at all. But doesn't come often to people physically bowing down. Those days, those who departed from God went to other gods. These days, those who depart from God say there is no God. I don't know whether you're getting my point. And they know God to them. They don't know it's also a God. They think, oh, I just blanked my mind. There is nothing out there. It's not true. Because if it was so, why are you so evangelistic in your preaching of it? Why do you spend money? If you see the amount of money they spend to preach that gospel, the truth is that they are serving another God, but the name of this God is, there is no God. Please, I hope you are getting my point. So you see, when we Christians, therefore, want to now also backslide the way Israel used to backslide, we take the glory of God and take it somewhere else. That's all we do. Every time somebody dies, recently they said there was one woman who died during the 60th anniversary of her, uh, something along, uh, you know, her school, you know, her alma mater, and then, you know what used to make me laugh is that I will now see Christians forward it, and you hear the comments. There was one brother that forwarded it to a group where I belonged the other day. I went to call him, oh boy, are you not even ashamed of yourself? What did they say? They say, ah, everybody that's reading this, have you gone for, when last did you go for checkup? When last did you go for, did you check your blood pressure? When, like, when that is finished, itemize all the things you have not checked. Because one woman dies suddenly. And I feel like saying that, why are you so foolish? Don't you see athletes that they pay millions of dollars for? They have doctors on, on the team. They check them every so often because they are investment. Yet yeah, they drop dead. 
while playing the same football. You've not seen it before? It happens. Now, when it comes from Christ, you know, comes to, um, from Christians, I am upset. I said, when did long life begin to depend on these physical things? Please, exercise your faith. We have been teaching on Saturdays that faith is not something you put in the wardrobe and anytime you need, you go and get it. It's not like a shirt you remove and hang. Faith is your skin. It has to be with you all the time. When you are eating food, please eat it by faith. And how do we eat food by faith? We start with thanksgiving. And once we utter thanksgiving, we don't withdraw it. What do I mean by withdrawing thanksgiving? You finish the food and then start abusing the person who cooked it, abusing the person who served it, fighting everybody about the food that you just finished giving God thanks for. You have withdrawn your thanksgiving. If you say, Father, I thank you for this food in Jesus' name, suffer the sufferings of Christ and enjoy the food. I hope you're getting my point. Don't open your mouth and start talking nonsense. Talk that nonsense before you say thank you. Once you say thank you, shh, zip it. What if the food is not good? Like you asked me the other day, it's called the sufferings of Christ. You eat the food. You are eating the right. Don't hit your teeth. Say amen. Praise God. <laughs> Two more salt in the beans. Hallelujah. The God of all salt will worship you. Eat the food. Oh, I pray we get it. You see, you know what? I have this strong thing in my mind about the last, you know, in recent times. That there's so much of spiritual power which we regularly deny. We push it back. Then when we want, tomorrow when we have problems, you understand? We now start confessing. Nothing shall by any means hurt me. We think faith is isolated. When the food is not good, I say nothing shall by any means hurt me. But when the food is in a well good, in a good restaurant, I eat it and say, what kind of garlic is this? You say thank you at the beginning, no? You say, I paid my money, I deserve service. Then don't say thank you at the beginning. Oh, Christianity, I said to you, is radical. It imparts some funny behaviors to you. You go to a restaurant with all your friends. You finish eating. You pay for food. They serve you. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this food in Jesus' name. They eat the first one and say, ah, this meat pie is useless. You, you will swallow it. They say, ah, didn't you taste it? Mm-hmm. You keep eating. And they're like, what is wrong with this guy? In your mind, I don't want to offend God. I just said thank you. I like when the Canadian said, is there any nutrient that's not in it? I put it in by faith. Anyone that's too much, I remove it by faith. He wasn't saying, you must understand this, that I hold the food. I begin to cast. In the name of Jesus, I speak to cholesterol right now. Out of my food. I rebuke every fat that makes people fat inside this food. I begin to eat you. You are lean. You are lean in the name of Jesus. You know, Oh, yeah. Look, your doctor is directing your prayer. Your dietitian is directing your prayer. That's not what we're talking about. What we are saying is this. When he said, I remove anything that's harmful by faith, harmful by faith I take it and give the Lord thanks for it. These things were recorded for our learning. Listen to me. It is possible for you to eat food that is poisonous. In fact, let me say this to you. I am convinced of it. Many Christians, we do that regularly. We eat things that are bad, but we never find out. Because when we give God thanks, he ejects the poison out of it. We deny, we push back the power of God too much by bad habits. We do that. And we have a responsibility to correct ourselves. Let me give you a new practice. 
before when you, when you collect food, first do all your examination you want to do. If you say, Father, I thank you, then you start your complaining. You have withdrawn your thanksgiving. And be it unto you according to your faithlessness. I hope you are getting my point. Ah, let me say it again. I want us to understand it. There's so much power of God that we are denying on a regular basis. We are rejecting it. Let me say something. God is not stupid. Though. I hope you get my point. He's not stupid at all. He's wiser than all of us put together multiplied by 100,000 billion million. Very wise. So when the textbook of Israel puts them in the wilderness and sends them manna morning and evening, Monday to Friday and on weekends, one month after the other, he knew they liked meat. He knew they would like cucumbers. He knew they wanted garnishing. So why did he give them manna? I don't know the details. But one thing I'm sure of is that he was more concerned about their satisfaction than they were about their own satisfaction. And what he was just saying is that the things you are looking for right now, they will not be good for you. If Now listen to this. If you will give thanks for this manna that I'm giving you on a daily basis. Again, I'm not exaggerating. I mean what I'm about to say. The taste will change for you regularly. There are days you'll be eating the manna. You say, man, it tastes like chicken. And that you eat the manna, it will taste like, taste like beans. There are times you eat the manna, it will taste like pounded yam. All kinds of varieties will be inside that manna. And one thing is sure, there will be nothing lacking nutrient-wise. But when you don't give thanks, when you will start with, hmm, well, you went to fetch food today, waiting you catch the same manna. Eh, na manna. Any other thing? Manna. What is this manna? Moses, you said this is deliverance. Complaining starts. You know what happens? Every plan God has for manna is frustrated. Then the more you give, th- uh, you grumble, the more the fan- manna tastes foul. Once you finish grumbling about it, they serve it again. It tastes, you say, Yo, does it taste as bad as mine? But the man of thanksgiving is across the table and is munching away. As you are complaining, he says, This is my manna. He says, you just, you just do like this. You push it to him. Oh, he will eat everything. Lick his mouth. And you're like, it didn't taste bad to you. No. It tastes wonderful. And he's not lying. He's not saying in quote, by faith. No. He's tasting it really. It tastes wonderful in his mouth. But that wonderful taste was generated by thanksgiving. Let's bear that in mind. I'd like to get into the manner matter. Or the food matter. Let me just continue what I was trying to say. Listen. Many things in life, that's what I was trying to explain. They come to try and replace God in our lives. They try. So we sit down every day analyzing food as if that's a source of health. We analyze everything. We analyze the nation. I met a man today. Something led to it. Say, I wanted my son to leave this God-forsaken country. I said, sir, I have to disagree with you. It's a senior person. I mean, he's talking about his son. His son is walking. His children are all walking and all that. So he's definitely older than I am. I said to him, sir, I have to disagree with you. With all due respect, this is not a God-forsaken country. After we finished talking, after about 15 minutes, I said, sir, can I say something to you? I said, you are contradicting yourself every moment. You are telling me how to make the country move forward. How you, how you want to even live in Europe. I said, why do you not call this country God 
forsaken. Now, why was he talking about it? Opportunities. People need to, you know, the way to move forward. As a young person, he was talking and talking and talking. This is what I'm going to say. You see what we do? He has taken the glory of God and given it to this country. The country, and that's what we're talking about today. The country does not determine your destiny and my destiny. What are we doing? We are giving God his rightful place. I was saying to you, people don't bow down to physical idols now, especially Christians. They bow down to all kinds of things. They bow down to diet. They do. What is said before them, they don't receive with thanksgiving. They receive with grumbling and complaining and calculation. Have you ever heard of, there are some people they call calorie counters. Have you, ever, have you ever heard of them? Calorie counters. Before they eat, they have calculator, literal calculator. Check how much calories is in it. Let me say something to you. And they will not tell you that rats that have calorie restriction live longer than rats without calorie restriction. You now use it as a publication issue and then tell you to count your calories. By the time you do that, you have declared, Father, I am a rat. No, I, no, I, no. <laughs> I laugh at people. These decisions were made on rats. Human beings are not going with calculator, calorie counting. All my life, if I don't know what they call calories, I just eat whatever is said before me without asking questions. People do that. Take the glory of God, give to their diet. Give it to calories. Know the truth? You will find out what I'm saying to be true. One day, you will find out those who are collecting calories as human beings are the ones that die faster. The Vipossi says he has a friend. He gets all his exercise from, counting, from, from climbing stairs in hospitals Visiting his own friends that were exercising. I don't know what I heard I said. That the only exercise he gets is to go to hospital as he's moving up and down from one place to the other, climbing stairs, going up and down. That's when he gets exercise. What is he doing? He's visiting all the other people that were exercising. They are in hospital, he's not in hospital. The priest, one day I was watching him, I had a good laugh that day. So one day he got into all of these diet, diet things. We'll talk about health later. That's not the agenda for today. But let me, I'm talking about it now. That, so he started, he started, you know, jogging, watching his food, reducing, cutting food. He said something. He said that he was not fat before. He now lost weight. He said then he did a quick check at the point in time. He realized that he had fallen sick more often than ever before since he got into this, his diet and exercise thing. He just did a quick check, like maybe for three years he wasn't sick. Then for six months he been doing this and he's been sick like three times. Ah! He said, no, 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 no. Something's wrong here. So finally, he, <laughs> he said that I think he went to hospital, they wanted to give him an injection or something. He didn't see where to put the needle because he was. <laughs> he was mocking himself. We, we laughed that day. I was watching him. You know, I was watching on TV. Everybody laughed. After a while he settled down and said, what is going on here? So he quickly abandoned everything. I went back to his normal life and doubled on the amount of the word of God he was eating. What happened? He stopped falling sick. Now let me say something to you. Am I saying exercise is bad and diet is horrible? I'm talking to Christians. I'm not talking to Muslims, atheists, Buddhists. I'm talking to who? Believers. Anytime you try to replace God, he's a what? Jealous God. 
he fights. He fights. If he takes his glory and take it somewhere else, he will fight. Do not even fall sick, I don't know. But Joseph Prince, God said, no, 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 no. You? No, I will not agree. I believe the Lord instructed the demons of affliction. Flog that guy periodically on my behalf. Until he learns that life is in Christ. And when life comes into you from Christ, it produces health. So like I always say, if you want to jog, jog because you like it. Jog because it helps you keep fit. It helps you run. Run so you can run. That's all it does for you. It just helps you run. It will make you live long. You know I've been saying it. And you know, I, you know there are times I'm speaking with my common sense. There are times I'm speaking by the spirit. That one is by the spirit. Christians don't die suddenly by accident. The death of a Christian is always calculated, discussed, and approved by the Lord. They will say, how far has he gone with the work I gave him to do? How far has she gone? She's supposed to be on stage five now, but she's on stage two. Send her correction. Send her instruction. I want her to make corrections in this area so that she can jump and accelerate and get to stage seven. Stage, what's that? Five, okay. Stage five of the plan I had for her life, and I want all of that done within the next five years. If by the next two years, she's not making enough advancement that will push her to stage five within five years, bring her back for me. What I have told you is the word of God. That's how he does it. The person can die different ways. The matter the fellow dies is the decree of the Almighty. There are some dangers we report. You know, God has reporters. Going around the earth. Sometimes they will come and report. Say, sir, he's not facing that direction at all. Say, you say stage five, he's on stage minus three. <laughs> say, the things I told you guys to do, have you done? He said, we dug around him. And like Jesus said, we put in the manure. But every time we invite him to go and hear where the truth is being told, he's too busy. That's okay. Twelve more months, give me a report. 12 months they come by, say it's now on stage minus 4. She was minus 3 before. And I said, go and call him. And when the Lord calls him on the physical, on the earth, we say he died. Why? He was overweight. It's good to exercise though. If only he exercise, he has trimmed down now, he will live long. Once the man of God died, I was talking to somebody. In fact, two different men of God, one died. He said, that's the problem. Instead of them to buy him a good car, these Christians are wicked. The kind of car he was driving is the reason why he died. I just kept my mouth. That was then. If it's now, I won't keep quiet. Man of God died. And it's a car. It's a car. Because the person had an accident and died. So what will have happened? Didn't you hear that uh, uh, Diana died in a car crash in France? In a Mercedes Benz? 280S? Who does not die? And look, I, I kept quiet though. And that one, the man of God suddenly fell ill and died. He said, ha, ah, how many eggs was he eating? That man used to eat a lot of eggs. My mind, man of God died? You think eggs killed him? You think this life is a game of chance? My people, all of this, what am I saying? We take the glory of God and give it to something else. So God shouted. For time's sake, we won't read that. He said, I am God. And there is none else. 
I am God and there is none else. Please, everybody say after me. He is God. There is none else. Say it again. He is God. And there is none else. The truth is that many things are pretending to be God and we magnify them in our lives. When we began this, we talked about the fact that he is the governor amongst the nations. He wanted, I like that statement I made. He wanted to tie the church in Sokoto to the church in Rivers. He wanted to tie the church in Bono to the church in Cross Rivers to the church in Lagos. He wanted to tie them like that. He wanted to tie the church in Abuja to the one in Enugu. He wanted to tie the church in Anambra to the one in Benue. He wanted to tie them together so that you call them the church in Nigeria. So he created the nation. Lord Lugard didn't know what he was doing. It was not his decision. Many are the plans in the heart of a man, but only the purpose of God, the counsel of God, will stand. That is what stood. You know how I know? The Bible says, he has set the boundaries of the nations, of the peoples, according to the number of the sons of Israel. And Paul said, peace be upon the Israel of God. That is, one time you see a nation caught, God said, how do we arrange for the, how do we prepare for the, for the people of God in those lands? That's all. And let me say to you again, so as to, I keep on repeating it until you are convinced. Because there are many nations that they will have wiped out the memory of Christianity. So God said it did not happen in what you and I now call Northern Nigeria. He said, how do I do it? Say, tie the whole place together. So it cannot wipe out Christianity from any corner of it. It becomes federally impossible, militarily impossible. There's no trick you want to use. It will not happen. One major way he did that is to just chain the whole country together. So if I'm getting up and going to Sokoto, nobody can stop me at any border. There's no border. So any church can go anywhere, any part of this country. All you need is brave men. Brave women who will go there. And if you kill them, some people will make noise. I kill another one, federal government will send troops. That's it. People made a lot of noise. Buhari came into power, opened a military cantonment in southern Kaduna so that if crisis starts again, soldiers are close by. That's the meaning of it. That's what I mean. He said, let me, weave, let me weave them together. You now see Christians who have no understanding of spiritual things. They hear a small crisis. They cut this country. As if the Sokoto Christian will now run to Enugu because of that. As if the Christians who are probably in the majority in many of those northern states will now leave. You want to leave them exposed because you feel secure in Enugu and in Lagos. No, you don't understand the purpose of God. We explain that. So he's the governor amongst the nations. In your life, there's no other God. Let me say something many Christians don't realize. Witches cannot even give you a headache. I'm not talking about kill you. They can't give you a headache. There's no bit of your life that's in their hands that they're not okay with this one. You know, I hear all kind of rubbish. I had a vision which is where eating my liver. You know, I was on radio on Sunday morning. I said something. One man now called in that I said that 
People cannot be initiated into witchcraft because their mother gave them something to eat. He said, what about people that they gave them sweets? You know, there are discussions I don't have. I just said, it did not happen. It's a lie. And that was only, the, that was my only answer. That was, I, that was, I said, that one is home video, sir. It, it did not happen. Housemaid came to my house, in quotes, and turned my children to witches because he served them witch, uh, sweets. Let me tell you the kind of person that I am, and not just me, you as a Christian. The moment she thinks of that idea, the moment that thought enters her head, her brain will dissolve. Her heart will fail. No, now first, if you give me, give me them the sweet, they will lick it up and lick their mouth and say, Auntie, anymore. As for Kovun, we are not going. They can't go. They can't go. Where would they fly through? My roof? How now? How you, how they want to fly them? I said already that I told the man, I better forget that nonsense. It did not happen. Nobody can put in so witchcraft without your consent and without your parents' consent. It doesn't happen like that. Can a child be a witch? Yes, the father has to be. The mother has to be. You cannot unilaterally become a witch. It's not possible. Because if you fly out of your room, your father says, where are you? The angels will bring you back. <laughs> it's scripture. You don't know what they call authority? Nonsense. <laughs> no, I don't, why Christians do they fear? I can't understand. You know, we are an embarrassment to God and angels. There are times angels will just cover their faces like this. Why are you covering your face? That guy is disgracing himself and, my, and our father who are in heaven. If you dreamt a bad dream, please let me say it again. Don't be afraid as long as you're not, as long as you're not a sinner. I told you it was, so a few years, a long time ago, but the first time my wife heard it was, I was preaching. Many years ago. My daughter was ill. So she, she was sleeping in our room, sleeping on the bed beside me. I think I was reading or something, she was like, suddenly she just woke up. I said, what is it? Said, I dreamt that you died. I said, shut up, my friend, and go back to sleep. I didn't even tell the mother. Small picking, get fever. Don't you know that children with fever, they dream all kinds of dreams? No, all I said, and no, I won't lie to you, those words were the only things I said. I said, shut up, my friend, and go back to sleep. And she shut up. That's my own pastor for shut up. And she went back to sleep. The first day my wife heard it, I was preaching. I did, it was not, I just wondered what I was doing, like, that I was reading, I was talking on the computer, like nothing happened. When your fever clears, you stop seeing stupid visions. When your fever has disappeared, angels will show, you understand, you will see angels, all this one, you know, by the way, who will not die anyway? The girl that dreamt, if God, Jesus has not come back, one day she will, she will die. She will dream that I die so. How long is the issue? One thing is certain, until I have fulfilled the purpose of God for this my life, and die not. And die not. And don't come and scare me. Christians can't. That is embarrassing. Raven will fly past your window, you start praying. Let me not, let me not, let me, let me not sit on that because the Lord is good. I am God and there is none else. So that's what we've we'll been talking about. He is God and there is none else. We have been explaining that. So our destinies are not in the hands of the devil. Your life is not a game of chance. 
He led him about and there was no foreign God with him. We said, we read that last time. Today what are we reading about God? Remember what, what are we doing? We are just magnifying God. We are not deceiving ourselves though. We are not. We are seeing things properly. What did I say? We are seeing things properly. We have seen them wrongly for long enough. That's the issue. We have given the power of God to other things. Like I gave us an example earlier. To diet. To genes. People are now doing serious gene analysis. If you see where they have carried it to. I know the lay world, they don't understand it. Let me not even go into it in, in, go into it in details. If you, and, uh, God, I'm sorry to say this. Be careful of human beings, though. A lot of these things are financially driven. Companies have been set up to do gene profiling. To do your, the complete check of your genes to see the ones that are bad and that are good. They may say, okay, bring $10,000. And by the time they finish reading the report, you need another specialist to interpret the report. Who will finish by letting you know this is inconclusive, 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 inconclusive. The probability of dying earlier than other people is 1.1 extra on this one. Another one is 0.9. By the time they finish calculating it, say, am I likely to die? Yes. How, how, how much worse am, am I than the average person? Say you are like, uh, you have a 3% extra chance of getting cancer of the nose, a 2% extra chance of getting cancer of the breast, a 1% extra chance. By the time they finish calculating it, you're like, okay, okay, what does that mean? It means that one day, bros, you go die, just like everybody else. <laughs> so you tell me the days, yeah, how can we tell you that one? What can I do to prevent it? Go for regular checkup. But everybody is going for regular checkup before I paid you $10,000. Say, bros, now so life be mama's work. I mean, that $10,000 is so fun. I'm telling you the truth. Take the glory of God and give it to funny things. But he said, I am God and there is none else. What are we reading today? I want us to see also that we have taken his glory when it comes to lifting people up. We have given to other things. We have given to our connections. We have given to our... I love Donald Trump. We have given it to citizenship. Do you know how you know what you trust in? You know, I've said it many times. The amount of effort you spend into getting that thing on your side. You want to know where your faith is? Check the amount of effort you are spending in getting that thing over to your side. Let me give you an example. A woman is pregnant. Pregnancy is good, amen? Jesus said one day she will deliver, Amen? Then she now decides that I must go and have that child in America. You can have your child anywhere you like. They are allowing people to have children in, in Botswana, in Burundi, in Bhutan. Anywhere you want to go, I have no problem with it. And of course, we don't go to Burundi, we don't go to Bhutan. <laughs> now you now see this struggling young husband, an equally struggling wife, he will gather Five million naira because madam is pregnant. This is how you know where your face is. Ask yourself, have you ever gathered that amount of money to support the gospel? Have you ever gathered that amount of money to help the poor? If your answer is no, you are worshipping America. Don't tell me anything. Don't lie to me. I've given you the word of God. That's what they call worship. Listen, Americans are having children in America every day. True of us. So giving birth in America is not a sin. But by the time somebody says that, let me give the children a future. A chance in life. Ah! 
God says he's a jealous God. If you are not careful, those children will go to America and be poor. Not because of any other thing that God wants to prove to you that you have sinned in taking your eyes away from him and placing it in a foreign country. God is the one that leaves people, not their passports. I hope you know that. He's the one that leaves people. There are poor people, even in America. I hope you are aware. Many years ago, I went for a course in the U.S. My friend was in New York that time. Ah, he said, Banky, just that there's no time. I will have taken you to the shop where the only daughter of one former Nigerian politician, one of the typical, we know you have number one citizen, number two, number three, number four. I won't tell you which number the guy is in. When we were young, this man was among the top Nigeria, you know? This man was among the top four when I was a young person. I won't tell you which number he occupied. My friend said, if you had time, I would take you to the shop where the only daughter he had when he was in office is working as a shop clerk on minimum wage. He just said, bank, let's just go. Let her just sell you something so you can go on record. That this girl's mother, those days, used to go and shop for cosmetics in Paris. You know, socialites, maybe celebrity woman, these kind of people that marry the uh, movie stars. That woman had one daughter. He said, come, let's go to her shop. She will sell you something. She's any minimum wage. Oh, and she was not 18. Oh, no, 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 no. The girl was born when we were children. Please forget that thing. The destiny of anybody. Christians especially. Listen to me. God is fighting back for his glory. Let him not make you an example. Said those who, who hopefully wait for him will not be put to shame. I want you to understand. Those who do the opposite. You know what happened? Finish it by yourself. He has to collect his glory. What I said to you, I believe it totally. I'm not joking about it. Don't go after no, listen to me. If you have children abroad, I'm not angry with you. Why should I be angry? I'm just warning people that you don't put effort into it thinking that that's where the destiny of your children lies. No, there's something that God said. Let me tell you, Christians, be careful. Be careful when you are making decisions. Be careful. You know what God said to them? I, I feel like reading it. When he was speaking to Isaiah. Be careful when you are making decisions. I want to just read the scripture. I didn't plan to read it. It just came to my mind now. Isaiah chapter 30, verses 15 and 16. The book of Isaiah chapter 30. Verse 15. One, two, let's go. For thus the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel has said, In repentance and rest you will be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you are not willing. Verse 16. And you said, No, for we will flee on horses. Therefore you shall flee. And we ride on swift horses. Therefore those who pursue you shall be swift. I just wanted to read that. Sometimes when we are making decisions, we should be careful. So you never can tell tomorrow, let me give you an opportunity. God said, in that case, they will need the opportunity. Look at what he said. He said, if you are looking for quietness, if you are looking for strength, I said last time, strength is wealth also. If you are looking for prosperity, how will it come? He said, in repentance 
and rest, you will be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength, is your wealth, is your prosperity. He said, but we are not willing to go that way. Instead, they said, we will flee on horses. He said, therefore, I will give you reasons to run. He said, we will ride on swift horses. He said, no problem. For that reason, those who pursue you will be swift. Some people are making preparations for trouble later in life. God said, therefore, you shall have it. Let me say something to you. There is nothing wrong with dying because you trusted God. Not dying from carelessness. But what? Because you trust the Lord. Like I say all the time, if I die one day, write it on my tombstone for me. Here lies a man who died trusting God. Let's leave it like that. The problem God has is people are lukewarm in following him. They even created a, a proverb for it in western Nigeria. It said, faith does not say you should not save the gods of your household. Actually, what it says is the masquerade. <laughs> that faith does not mean you will not carry the masquerade of your household. They created that thing for it. So people will go to church and do the masquerade of their household. And that's by doing that, they crippled the hand of God. The problem God has is for people to just trust. And say, this life, God will take care of me. If he won't, let me die. And they mean it. They're not testing. They're like, look, this is the only path we have chosen. Is that how leads us somewhere good? Or leads us somewhere dead? Are you getting my point? That is, <laughs> we get there, we have died. At least when we die, we'll go to heaven. Those days they used to laugh. They say Christians will not take medicine, they will not die. And I said, you are very funny. I work in a hospital where people take medicine and they still die. Those who take and those who don't take, two of them are in the grave. I don't know about now, but those days, they used to tell us that more people die annually from mistakes of doctors in the United States than died in the whole Vietnam War. That is 55,000 and more Americans used to die annually because their doctor made a mistake. So if them, they are not taking medicine, I don't fight them. If they are taking medicine, I don't fight them. My one is that whether you are taking or not taking, let us pray first. Because when you reach there, they go useful for experimental. Not because they are bad, though, but because they are human. I still have a case. I was still talking with the person on the phone right now, just, just now. In the hospital, one, one doctor said, this person doesn't have any cancer. And that doctor, they catch on that doctor, they say, ah, yes, we see cancer all over the place. So they say, why are the person cancer drugs? Then they send it into uh, UK. Those people say, please, where is the cancer? Can you show us? I said, laughing. <laughs> I wasn't laughing like this. I was, I was feeling sad. So these are human beings, so. I say to Christians all the time, you want to go to hospital, please go. I don't have any problem with that. But please, before you go, kneel down. And say, Lord, I'm trusting you for health. But because of the way my mind is, I find it difficult to just stay here and do nothing. So I am going to, to those people, for adventure you will use them to help me. But please, God, my trust is in you. Then go. 
Then those who drank before they came to work, they won't come to your own side. My wife was there that day now. One of our brothers and his wife were in my sitting room and they walked in the teaching hospital. And when he was telling stories, my wife became afraid. He said one of the smoothest in mouth specialists in his side is the most useless and the most dangerous. He said, but his mouth is smooth. And I know the guy, when you see him, the way he dresses, sharp, a handsome, sharp dressing, smooth doctor, you will give him your life. He said, but that guy is as dangerous as you see human beings come. That day my wife got scared. Listen, this is our God, let's magnify him Let's magnify him. It's the only help we have. It's the only help we have. <laughs> I told you that day I was traveling because of crisis on the road. I was offered mobile police with Gono and Hillocks to escort us. I didn't tell my wife this. In my mind, I calculate, say, if they be going to shoot, In my mind, I get jam, get jam, get jam. I said, I know one man in a number state here. The only reason why he died was that he had police. He had a fine car, sharp car, and police was escorting him. The armed robbers looked and said, Man, see this guy. Let's, they said he has Mopo now. He said, We'll go kill him. So they rained bullets on the car so as to kill the policeman. One hit him, and the policeman escaped. And he died. That is, if he didn't have police, they would have robbed him, taken his car, beating him, collected his money. So that day I looked, I told my children, everybody repeat after me. There is none like the God of Israel who rise the heavens to my help and to the skies in his majesty. I said, the eternal God is a dwelling place and underneath us are his everlasting arms. I said, he has driven out the enemy from before, saying, let destruction overtake them. All of them repeated, I said, amen, let us go. Mm. I beg, no use my hand to attract the <laughs> to myself. <laughs> the Lord is good. Mm. This of our God is a helper. Is a reliable helper. We have no other help but Him. I hope you are getting my point. Grab everybody do like this. Hold him. Hold him tight. Pull him in. Pull him. Say, I will not let you go. Tell him. I won't let you go. Say, you are my help. You are my strength. You are my defense. You are my long life. You are my health. Listen, you have no other help. And those who hopefully wait for him will not be put to shame. Those who hopefully wait on him will not be put to shame. That is a matter of fact. I just like repeating the testimony of Joel Austin's wife, that Joel Austin's mother, Dodie Austin. She was 48, and doctor said she had advanced cancer of the liver, and she will leave, she will die and not live. They gave her a few months to live. And John Austin sat on the floor or something and prayed, and cried to God, 
please, I don't want my wife to die. Have mercy on us. And the woman lived. And I read the testimony when she turned 84. This our God is alive, oh. he's not dead. He's the one that promotes people, oh. Nations don't promote people. There are poor people in America. There are struggling people in Canada who are on Igbo because it's legal. They will smoke until their head is not correct again. They're everywhere. There's no place. That's that scripture. God said, you will say, you say you will run. Say, no problem. Start running. Say, as I live, you will not stop running. You know, Christians say, no, in Christ Jesus, you know, these things don't come upon us. I don't know the Bible you read, though. This is where recorded for our learning. Sometimes I think about it. I say, where am I going to stop running? Run, uh, go here. and go. I say, <laughs> when will I start? Stop. Running for prosperity. When will I stop now? When will I stop? I said, God, if you can't take care of me, my wife, my children, kill us. Because this life is a useless place anyway. It's not, no, what am I sitting down here doing? If you won't take care of us, kill us. Just leave it like that. So at least we have, you have a few less people to worry yourself over. I'm taking care of other people. Take care of okay, to Israel and, uh, and Jonathan. I'm serious. <laughs> Just come. Leave me if you can't. And God says, Banky, what do you mean? I can. It's whether you guys will allow me. That is my own issue. Not running for, ah. He said, you said we will flee. He said, therefore you shall flee. You want to run? You will run. Start. I will buy you tickets. As you are landing, I buy you another one. You will go around the globe. You won't even know what's worrying you. He said, however, in returning, and in rest. That's how you will have been saved. He said, we'll run faster. I said, don't worry. Those who are pursuing you will also become fast. No country promotes people. Only God promotes people. Let's read a few scriptures. We are here to read what the word says about the Lord. After that, you give to Linda next to you. First Samuel chapter 2. You are going to re- let's all rise to our feet, everybody, please. First Samuel chapter 2. What we are reading is how God is described. Is how God is described. That's what we are reading. First Samuel chapter 2. You are going to read the first 11 verses as Hannah began to prophesy. Go ahead. Hannah's prayer and song. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. Read that verse 2 again. No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. How many know this song? 
There is none holy as the Lord. You all know it. Let's sing it together before, before we continue reading. There is none besides Him. Neither is there any rock like our God. There is none. Holy as the Lord. One more time. There is none holy as the Lord. As the Lord. There is none beside Him. Verse 3. Talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and those who, are, who stumbled are girded with strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, mm-hmm. and the hungry have ceased to hunger. Mm-hmm. Even the barren has borne seven, and she who has many children has become feeble. The Lord kills and makes alive. Say, read that again. The Lord kills and makes alive. Read it one more time. The, the Lord, Lord kills and makes Everybody alive. Everybody read it together. The Lord kills and makes, makes alive. alive. Now continue reading. He brings down to the grave and brings up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. Read that verse 7 again. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. One more time. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. Let's all read it together. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he also exalts. Read, continue verse 8. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to to set them among princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he has set set the world upon them. Mm. He will guard the feet of his saints. But the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength no man shall prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. From heaven he will thunder against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king. And exalt the horn of his anointing. can stop reading there. Hallelujah. There is none holy as the Lord. There is none besides him, besides him, neither is there any wrong like our God. There is none holy as the, holy as the Lord. There is none holy as the Lord. There is none besides Him, besides Him. Neither is there any wrong like our God. There is none holy 
open to Psalm 75. Linda, read that one for us. We are reading the whole chapter, Psalm 75. Psalm 75. Yes. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your wondrous works. Declare that your name is near. When I choose the proper time, I will judge uprightly. The earth and all its inhabitants are dissolved. I set up its pillars firmly. I said to the boastful, do not deal boastfully. And to the wicked, do not lift up the horn. Do not lift up your horn on high. Do not speak with a stiffness. For exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. Read verse 7 again. But God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. Who is the judge? God. Who is the judge? Who is the judge? Let's read the whole verse 7 together. One, two, let's go. For God, God is, is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. Continue reading. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup, and the wine is red. It is fully mixed, and he pours it out. Surely its dreads, its dreads shall all the wicked of the earth drain and drink down. But I will declare forever. I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. All the horns of the wicked I will also cut off. But the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. There is none holy as the Lord. There is none beside. Psalm 75 verses 6 and 7 For not from the east nor from the west nor from the south comes exaltation He said God is judge He's the one that pulls down one and exalts another It is God that is elevating one person and putting down another person Please read my tract Daniel There's a tight tract there Daniel If you see my full names Daniel Bancoli Olushino. I wasn't born with all those names. Only Bancoli has been my name from the beginning. Olushino is the name I picked as an adult. Converted my original name, replaced that the former one with Olu to say because the original name gave glory to idols. They said there was a time there was a problem in the family of my grandfather or something, and they offered sacrifices, and then the God of Iron opened the way for them. So now say the God of iron that opened the way. I said, not in my life. I said, not in my life. No, not in my life. 
Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So I took the name, I changed it. My name now became the Lord has opened the way. That's the meaning of evolution. Then once I was reading my Bible, and I stumbled into the description of Daniel, Mishael, Azariah, and Ananiah, those four young men. And Ed Coe said, there were men, he said, they were young men of a beautiful countenance that came from a strong spirit. It didn't hit me. And I found out the word Daniel means God is my judge. What's the meaning of God is judge? That's what we just read now. It means he brings down one and lifts up another. I said, in that case, God is the one that will lift me up in this life. It's not by my own energy. It's not by my own strength. It's not by my own qualifications. No, not at all. It's not by the people I know. It's not by the country I live in or the part of the country that I live in. When I was living in Lagos, that time I told them I'm going to Enugu. They said the money is in Lagos. I laughed. I said, God said, behold, I will cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. The money is wherever God is. Provision is wherever God has planted you. We Christians have to learn to follow the Lord and let other things follow us. That's why we read this scripture today. It is God. Listen, I will say joking, you know, <laughs> you know, Dangote advertised, was it last year, for people to walk in his refineries. I laughed. I said, half of those applications will come from my blood. One of our brothers said, when they advertise in their company, a huge chunk of the applications come from abroad. <laughs> Listen, God can promote anybody anywhere. Just give him his glory. Just give him his glory. I have, look, listen, when I'm discussing with my children, what do you want to be tomorrow? We just reason in righteousness. That's all. We just reason in righteousness. Because I said, this, the subject you, I'm like, what would you like to study in school and all of that? The subject you study in school does not determine what your life will be. It doesn't. It doesn't. Other things determine that thing. That's why I wrote the book, Beyond Gifts and Talents. Some people say they will go and play football so they will succeed. You don't forget that most footballers are poor. Most of them, they are struggling. Some say they will act so that they can make money. George Clooney, I heard him, I read his interview some years ago. He said the average income for an American actor is $10,000 a year. Not a month. Though. That's what they call minimum wage. But people like him, one movie, $10 million, $20 million. Including people like him, they did the average. It came to $10,000 in a whole year. That is, the average income from America for American actors is less than $1,000 a month. He was at that time the chairman of the Guild of Actors in America. I hope you are getting my point. So don't let Inia Edo and Genevieve confuse you. Most Nigerian actors act for $1,000 naira per episode. They show up. We used to live with them those days. When I first came to Enugu, they used to act in the guest house where we were staying. I heard the guests talking. Ah, they'll pay me 3,000 naira now. Ha! Now, wow. You just wash my car three times. I'll give you that 3,000 naira. So I'll go and learn music because of uh, Whiskey. Who got paid 249? Is it the video? Which one of the two of them? Got paid 249 million naira for one night show in India. You've forgotten that most musicians 
are poor. That's just the way life is. What's wrong with being a musician? Just the way life is. Nothing guarantees anything. Prosperity comes from God. That's what I want Christians never to forget. Keep your eyes on Him. And so my children, would they do well in life? It's a prayer we prayed before they were born. So you lay hands on them. And what's most important to me is that you learn righteousness and justice. That's what's most important. Blessing is a gift of God. Nebuchadnezzar had to learn it. There is a God in heaven. He had to learn it. He rules in the affairs of man. He had to learn it. He brings down one and lifts up another. He had to learn it. Babylon is great. It's not because of the, your might. It's not because of your own skill. It's God's determination that in this season, I mean the generation after him was determined while he was on the throne. He had a vision. The head of gold. Daniel explained to him, that is you. After you, another kingdom will come. And after him, that was the, you know, the shoulder and the chest made of silver. And the meats and the patience, they came. Daniel prophesied in that first instance for like 700 years. But his prophecy even is still going on till today. He said after the Medes and the Persians, what will come? The Greeks will arise. arise. After them, the Romans. That is, whatever, in fact, like I said last time, I heard that when Alexander the Great arrived, he did not destroy Jerusalem because they showed him the prophecy of Daniel. That Daniel had told them he would be coming. And he was so impressed that he spared Jerusalem. Like we read the other time, he's the one that determines when nations will rise and when they will fall. And we believers, when we are talking, we should talk like that. And that's what that song means when it says, There is none holy as the Lord. Let's take it one more time. There is none holy as the Lord. There is none besides Him. magnify you this evening we say there is none holy as you Lord we worship you Lord we say you are the ruler in our lives you are the one that has determined our destiny before we were formed in our mother's wombs you knew us you consecrated us for a purpose there is a consecration for your purpose Lord, we lift our hands again this evening and say we yield to you. Take us into the destiny you prepared. Lord, let us not run to and fro, helter-skelter. Lord, give us the strength 
and the vision to follow you and you alone. Our Father, we give you praise. We say our lives belong to you. We say you are the governor among the nations. Lord, you are the pillar that holds our lives. Lord, our destinies are in your hands. And Lord, we know that those who hopefully wait for you will not be put to shame. We declare today that we will not run. We will not have cause to run. We will not flee on sweet horses. And nothing swift will pursue us. In the name of Jesus Christ. We declare that we will return. And we will rest. We will rest in the Lord. And our salvation is guaranteed in Him. Father, we give you praise. We worship you because you are good. There's no nation that is our God. Please take a minute, speak for yourself. Declare this thing. Say, Lord, there's no nation that's my God. There's no company that's my God. There's no human being that is my God. There's no city that's my God. Father, only you are my God. It means you are my provider. You own my destiny. Paul said, God, whose I am and who I serve. Use your own words to say, Lord, I serve you. I will serve you alone. I will serve nobody else. Lord, I will serve you. I will serve nobody else. I belong to you. I belong to you. I belong to you, Lord. I belong to you. Lord, walk your purpose in me. Let this nation be blessed because of my presence. Let the church of God be blessed because of my presence. Let my ethnic family, that is the place I came out of, let them be blessed because your presence is in me. Lord, let your blessing flow through me to this earth. Say, Lord, I have not come to seek anything of my own. I have come only to seek your purpose. Say, Lord, flow through me. Flow through me, Lord. Flow through me into my family. Flow through me into the church of Christ. Flow through me into this nation. Flow through me onto this earth. Lord, keep my eyes on you. Don't leave me. That is, don't let me go my own way. That's what I mean by that. Don't let me go my own way. Say, Lord, my generations after me, I declare them blessed in your presence. I say to them, the Lord bless you. That is, I'm saying blessing comes from you. It doesn't come from where they were born. Blessings, Lord, come from you. I say to the generations after me, the Lord keep you. That is, the Lord is the reason why you will be kept. That the Lord will make his face shine upon you and he will be gracious unto you. The Lord will grant you peace as he lifts up his countenance upon you. I am speaking to the generations after me, coming out of my barrels, naturally and spiritually. I will not fear for their destiny because my God is faithful. I will not fear for their destiny. Because my God is faithful. Our Father, we thank you. Because indeed you are good. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. I declare to you everyone present. Every affliction in your body has been hung upon the cross of Christ. 
and therefore you are healed totally from the top of your head to the soles of your feet in the name of Jesus Christ I believe that this is the season for the people of God to walk in total health by the power of the spirit this is the season for the people of God to walk in total health by the power of the spirit in the name of Jesus Christ and I say abundant prosperity is coming your way listen lack is broken the faith that you have in the Lord will manifest in supernatural supplies in the name of Jesus Christ God will make all grace abound towards you you will have all sufficiency in all things you will abound to every good work in the name of Jesus Christ it is well with your home now listen to me listen listen whatever home you came out of whether you are a member or you are the head are you getting my point maybe you have parents in the home or you are the father you are the mother whatever you are in that home now I was still reading Roland Bok talk about you that day and I knew that revelation for a long time that's why I find many families everybody will be one guy God will just pick one person the person will be a strong believer God is using that person to bring blessing into that home now I say to you today your home is blessed Amen. now your brother that's on drugs right now we deliver him in the name of Jesus Amen. the next ordinary cigarette the next one he smokes will make him vomit for your sake, he is delivered. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We rebuke the power of the devil in his life. Amen. And we command him to come to the cross of Christ Jesus. Amen. And give his life to Christ. Amen. It is well with your family in the name of Jesus. Amen. We speak healing to your father's mind, his brain. He may have had a stroke. That spirit of stroke disappear in the name of Jesus. Amen. Your money will serve God. It will not serve medicine. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, God healed the daughter of the Syrophoenician woman because of her faith, not with the daughter's faith. There are people that God heals because of the faith of their people. I hope you're getting my point here. He said, What if they did them say they don't have faith? I don't know. The centurion. <laughs> he was the one that came. His servant was very sick at home. Who God healed? The servant. I hope you're getting my point. And you that's present here, for your sake, that your own servant is healed in Jesus' name. Amen. That your own mother is healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus uh, Peter followed Jesus. His mother got healed. <laughs> your mother is healed in Jesus' name. Amen. I command her kidneys to wake up and begin to work. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The doctors will not cut that leg. Amen. They won't cut it. They won't cut it. Life flows back into the vessels now. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, this is a season for your people to enjoy your power in the area of health. Thank you for releasing it. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus Christ. When you get back home, lay hands on somebody. I hope I get my point. Anybody sick at home, put your hands on the person. Say, I'm coming from the presence of the word of God. I brought the healing anointing. Tell the person it is well with you in Jesus' name. And you will see a miracle. This is your season of manifestation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now let's share the grace in fellowship. One, two, let's go. Because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation.
In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Can you quickly just bless three people around you? Say, this is your season. 